you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Shepard, excellent timing. Good to have you here. Morton. Eyesight still sharp. Surprise, understandable. Hadn't expected to return to work. You're back with STG? Special consultant. Had to be me. Someone else might have gotten it wrong. Helped female Krogan, fed information to Clan Erdnot, encouraged political pressure to free females. You must be Rex's inside source. Yes, can explain later. Security warning's not normal. Need to get off world for sake of Krogan. Females had weakened immune systems. Side effect of Malin's cure. These didn't survive. But what about Malin's research? I thought we saved it. Indeed, data saved, but not complete. Lacks crucial details to reconstruct cure, but still useful for synthesizing from living tissue. Couldn't save them. I'm sure you did everything you could, Morton. Arrived too late. Cannot delay now. One survivor, immune to Genophage, can synthesize cure from her tissue. She's still here? Yes, last hope for Krogan. If she dies, Genophage cure... Problematic. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 47. And today we are following the plot along. Uh, We have to go to Sirkesh, which is, that is the Solarian homeworld, correct? That is the Solarian homeworld, yes. All right, so we're going to go check out where the, uh, what is it, the homeworld of the frogs? Isn't that what Javik calls them? Yes. The frog people have evolved. Yes. So we have to go there to, uh, I guess this part of the game is focused on curing the genophage. uh, That in order to get the Krogan to join the war effort, uh, their leader, who uh, we'll mention in a moment, uh, is uh, insisting that the genophage be cured. And so, in order to do that, we have to go to Sir Kesh and uh, begin the process of doing that. So, let's hear about what happens uh, when we, well, first, when we meet with the, uh, the, the leaders of the uh, Krogan and the, the Turian and the, the Salarians, and then go to Sir Kesh. Shepard meets with the Primarch Victus, Warlord Erdnot Rex, and the Salarian Dalatras aboard the Normandy. Rex establishes that the only way the Krogan will join the war effort is with their genophage cured. Primarch Victus balks at the timetable, but Rex shows footage from a Solarian lab that indicates they have abducted Krogan females and are close to a cure. The Dalatras is pressured to relent, and Shepard and Rex storm off to Sirkesh to reclaim the Krogan women. On Sirkesh, Solarian ground control is taken by surprise at the arrival of the Krogan warlord, and a standoff ensues before Rex is allowed into the facility albeit under custody. Shepard reunites with Major Kirahi from the Vermeyer mission and meets Patton Wicks. There is chatter about some forces testing the Solarian defenses, and before Shepard can head down to the research level, klaxons go off. Shepard and team are rushed into the elevator. On the research level, they meet up with Morden Solis, who reveals he was Rex's mole. There is one female left, and they need to get her off-world so Morden can finish synthesizing the cure. 
Cerberus attacks the base and bombs the elevators. Morden and the surviving Krogan female, Eve, ride the conveyor system, while Shepard has to fight Cerberus forces from checkpoint to checkpoint and clear them in the system so they can continue. After defeating a mech, Rex lands a shuttle and helps Eve out of the container, but not before she grabs his shotgun and shoots two remaining Cerberus troops. Rex, Eve, and Morden head back to the Normandy with Shepard. I probably should ask this earlier of you guys, um, but there's that part there right when you get onto Sir Kesh, and you see the Yogg being transported. Mm-hmm. Just a Yogg. Nothing wrong with that. It's just a Yogg. But it, it's still, the last Yogg that we fought was, you know, I mean, he was the Shadow Broker, but he was still a, a pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah, just a Shadow Broker, one of the most powerful people in the galaxy. Nothing to worry about there. You know, it is funny. If you have Liara in your group, when the Yogg breaks out and takes out the, the Cerberus troops and then runs off, mm-hmm. Shepard makes a comment like, there goes the next Shadow Broker. And Liara's like, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. It's extremely <laughs> funny. Well, it's yes. also funny because the, you see the Yogg's like, I think it's a tight scene where one just looks at you and just kind of walks away. Maybe he knows. Like maybe there's some kind of like psychic link between all the Yogg. They're like, oh, this guy already beat a Yogg. I'm not messing with him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think so. I think he just is going away from where all of the Solarians are. It'd be cool if in the next Mass Effect game you come back and Sir Cash is now a new Yogg planet. Like he just took over. He's the new Dalatras. This well, is so. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny because like you start this off like this is all predicated on meeting with the. It's like the Krogans, the Solarians, and the Turians, mm-hmm. uh, I think, right? Uh, and yeah. nobody trusts each other um, because of what the Solarians and then the Turians and the Solarians did to the Krogans. And now the Solarians are like, let's uh, let's try that, but with Yogg. Like, this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible plan. That's worse because... Yeah, they're already I, I, like hyper-intelligent. Like, you don't want to do that. We've we've had the running joke about how Rex says there are no Krogan scientists, and then like you meet Krogan scientist after Krogan scientist, and I'll assume for Rex's benefit that we're meeting all of the Krogan scientists. Like it's just it's just a you know selection bias. We just happen yeah. to be encountering. Uh, also, to be fair, the Krogan scientists are mostly focused on wanton destruction and everything else. Well, nah, not uh, what was yeah. it? Uh, uh, Okir? Well, well, I guess kind of, but no. He, like, wanted, to make, kinda, he, he yeah. wanted to make something to make an army. So yeah, that's true. They all do the want perfect... to make, make an army to some degree. You're right. You're right. But like the Yogg are way smarter than the Krogan mm-hmm. already. Like I don't think a Krogan could pull off being Shadow Broker. I mean, no, I don't, no. I, you know, no. Hey, we haven't we haven't seen it happen, but probably not. Probably not is. Uh, no, again, could, could just be so. Could just be selection bias again. Like the one Yogg who is capable of being Shadow Broker wound up becoming Shadow Broker. Entirely possible. And the rest of the Yogg could be complete idiots. Uh, doesn't seem that way, though. Not with the three of the Yogg we've seen so far. Yeah. And if you read the codex entry for the Yogg, like it's pointed out that exploration teams to their home planet never made it back alive, which oh, is no. they got why. Shredded. Right. Which is why, like, their world is basically marked in various databases as, like, do not set foot here, let these people destroy themselves, and hopefully chill out a little bit. Are we going about this wrong? Because if the Yogg are right on the cusp of entering galactic civilization, but the Reapers are coming in, like if the Yogg don't advance the space flight, the Reapers are just going to pass them by. They're going to say, yeah. those guys are still evolving. They still have work to do. They're not ready yet. 
they'll leave them there. But the Yog are right on the cusp. So if you give them another 50,000 years and you give them the knowledge of like, hey, here's what the, here's what's going to happen in 50,000 years. Bear this in mind with your civilization as you advance. Could the Yog then come around and they be the leaders in the next turnaround that they're able to defeat the, or, you know, they're, they're able to lead the charge against the Reapers. They're able to defeat them then because right now, right now, this is, this is, this is a real pain. Right. I kind of wonder, does Reapers reap people who are like at the cusp at space flight? Do they actually like, like you're close enough. We'll get rid of you. Maybe start you a little, little back a little farther. Probably, right? It would make sense for them because they want to control the relative level of advancement of civilizations in between cycles for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I would think they would. I don't like if the Yog really were just sort of let's say like industrial era, and I don't, I don't remember the specifics from the codex, but let's say they're industrial revolution era and they're like a hundred years off space flight. Maybe the Reapers do come in and say, like, no, no, we don't want you to have forty eight thousand years of cycle. Because that's way too much. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine like a, a Yogg in like 1930s accoutrement. Like, you know, just a little little fedora and little like you mm-hmm. know, suspenders in a suit, like sitting in a factory with a cigar, like just trying to be like <laughs> yell, Got, yelling at the, the sweatshop to keep going. The, the blue collar worker Yogg. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking yeah, of like the overalls. private dick Yogg, the uh, yeah. Spider-Man noir, if you will. <laughs> Oh God, Spider-Man Yogg. <laughs> because what's important is as each civilization goes through the steps of civilization, their society looks exactly like ours did for the time period. So the Industrial yeah. Revolution looks exactly the same everywhere. Fashion, the same everywhere. I don't think that's so. how that works, but you know, we're rolling with it. <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. That's what cartoons <laughs> taught me. <laughs> that's what early Star Trek taught you that just, just other planets in a different time zone. They're like a it. yog flapper. Oh god! <laughs> but so anyway, so my, my my question that started us off on this whole tangent here: Does the yog ever show back up, or is that that it? He he, he just runs away, and would, when you know as as the game progresses, because admittedly I'm not done with the game yet. Um, we're left with a stray yog hanging out on Sirkesh. I think they. I mean, he just tears through the level, but like that's it. Okay. So we, we never find out what happens to this guy. Man, I'm trying to think about it. I thought you killed it in the mission. I, I didn't. Uh, he ran away. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe that's a, depending on how it plays out, you can. Oh, no. interesting. I found, I, there, there actually apparently is a report that during this, during this Reaper invasion, the Reapers avoid the Yogg because they are apparently pre-space flight civilization. And it's speculated that they, that's, since the Reapers are ignoring them, they'll probably be the next prominent role the next cycle. Right. Okay. All right. It no, wasn't the codex. Me. I just missed that. It wasn't part. the codex. All right. Yeah. I guess no. Nothing happens with this yog because I guess you don't even fight it. Uh, I thought maybe you like heard about them fighting it or something, but nothing happens. Which, They're just a yog. Just kills a bunch of a bunch of Cerberus soldiers. So you know. I I, I don't know because on the one hand, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out like, am I disappointed by the use of the yog? Because on the one hand, it's like he comes out, he beats up some service agents, and then runs away. Kind of he makes your day easier. Which I wasn't expecting from a Yog. Um, but because th- it's like, the, again, like, you know, to reference the last Yog we fought, that was a major boss fight. I got to, and- yeah, I got to think that, like, you're on Sirkesh. There's a lot of Solarians. Like, my guess is that they find and probably kill this Yog with, like, a strike force at some point. 
Well, they captured him in the first place. Yeah, exactly. They could probably do it again. Yeah. I think it's just a cool set piece. I think we're thinking too much about the Yogg. Yes. Well, no, I just... I, I just felt like as soon as I saw that, my like you know, then the Yogg's in the containment center going, I'm like, oh, that that's uh, Chekhov's Yogg. Like that guy's gonna come back later. <laughs> Chekhov's Yogg. <laughs> uh, all, I, all I can say though is, uh, next Mass Effect, Yogg crewmate. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Especially depending on how much time has passed. Like the Yogg could easily have been either uplifted or found spaceflight on their own. Like, yes, I want more about the Yogg in uh, in the oh, future. That could be fun. Yeah. I think it'd be fun or a terror. <laughs> but, you yes. find that piece of love, Yogg, who just wants to spread joy and everything. What if the Yogg are like just the Kunari of Mass Effect 4? Like they seem big and burly and nasty, but they're actually kind of that, but also, you know, poets at heart. <laughs> I feel like the, the Yogg are the best of us. The Yogg poetry. <laughs> Be kind of like that. Probably like that. A uh, crow who did poetry on a. It was, it was Ilium. In Mass yeah. Effect Two. Oh uh, yeah. What Anyways, some with a ch right, like Chara or something. Char. Char. Just Char. Just Char. Char the Krogan. Talking about the blue rose of Ilium. So let's go ahead. So let let's talk about. Well, first, I guess the first big reveal here is that Rex is back i mean he doesn't fully join the crew he's not a playable you know squad member but he's on the normandy for a good good chunk of the game here that you know he's he's one of those guys hanging out in the war room uh, he's got his little console that he's always looking at i assume he's playing galaga i don't know but he's definitely you know it's good to have him there that you can go talk to him uh he chafes against uh primarch victus who you know is still He's, you know, we established last time he's in the, he's in the Normandy, he's in the war room. Uh, and then we also meet with the Salarian Dalatras. Dalatras is just kind of, uh, just very rude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I mean, that's a, that's a very tense meeting that you're, you're in there with the three of them that basically Rex is like, Hey, and this of course assumes that you have Rex that survived. I think it's, uh, or not Reeve. If, uh, for whatever reason you Rex is, didn't yeah. make it past any, any given point. But, you know, Rex is basically like, hey, like, I need the genophage cured. Like, you're not getting anything out of us without a cure for the genophage. And then he's like, yeah, this this Malin dude who was working on my planet, he came like this close to solving it. So, like, I know you guys can figure this out. And then Rex even kind of reveals to Shepard, like, by the way, I, I have a I have a mole. <laughs> I've been getting information from the Solarians. So. Got a man you know, on the so inside. Yeah. So it's it's, you know, it's cool that Rex is pushing for that. And of course, the the Turian at this point kind of realizes, like, yeah, just give them what they want. Like, Palavin is being obliterated. Like, pay, you know, pay the pay the fee. Pay the, yeah, you know, you know, you know, whatever. And of course, the Solarian is like, hey, 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 you know, we, you know, we're still sensitive about this whole thing. You know, we remember the Krogan War, and we don't want to relive that. And it's one of those things where, again, I mean, the whole thing is like, you know, do you want to risk a later war to get through this current war because? Right. You know, it's it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting you know moral dilemma in that regard because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay somebody somewhere for what's about to happen. I was just gonna say like it's just it's just right now giant machines that greatly dwarf your fleets and have destroyed the best fleet in the galaxy. You know, this isn't the time to really be like worrying too much about that future part yet. Well, it, yeah, but I mean, if you. 
you don't want to chain back-to-back wars together, right? Like, I mean, the Salarians have a point here. Uh, if you can, you know, they, I, I think their viewpoint is, look, the Krogan aren't actually going to just, by numbers, outpower the Reapers. We're going to need some other solution to that. And if we also unleash, you know, an ungenophaged Krogan, and we somehow come out the other end of this, now we have to turn around and fight another enemy. So, the, I mean, they're just saying... Fighting the Krogan is a foregone conclusion if you cure the genophage, which is a viewpoint. It, it's kind of like in like the baseball playoffs. If you have like a pitcher and you're just like, hey, like, you know, it's game seven. If we don't make it through this series, there's no, you know, there's no tomorrow. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it's game seven. Then we, you know, after this, we advance to the next round, be at the World Series or whatever. So <laughs> do I just ride our star pitcher into oblivion and like right. destroy his arm? And then we'll worry about the pitching rotation next time. Or do I like protect his arm just in case we make it to the next round? And then uh, we, well, we wind up losing anyway because we didn't use our star pitcher. It's, yeah. I mean, obviously much different level of stakes, but, uh, you know, fairly similar kind of decision making there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree with the Slayers here, but their point of view is like, I can see where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm just trying to wonder if there's a way they could have been more diplomatic about it because the Dalatras does come off kind of like an ass. I, you know, I mean, yes and no. Like, I, at some point, your message still boils down to the same thing. Like, whether you are nice about saying, like, look, our, you know, you could be honest and just come out and say, like, hey, Krogan's like, we don't trust you. We don't want you to be extinct, but we also want to keep you under tight leash. Like, that, that is what it is at the end of the day. And that's what she says. I mean, she's just very forthright. Very yeah. Solarian. Yeah. But it's also that's just true. more like, what's, what's the other solution? Like, do we want to just keep keeping ourselves just, just a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not at full strength? I just, I think, though, it's obvious. Just based on the difference between the the Turian and the Solarian perspective, like the Turians understand the threat, and I mean quite mm-hmm. obviously because Palavin is under direct attack. Whereas for the the Solarians, this is still kind of theoretical. Yeah, I think that's and right. So, so yeah, so you know you're not you know you know so you're like okay, like this is all kind of like a you know kind of like the Kobayashi Maru, like it's an exercise. I'm not going to put all my chips on the table cuz why would I cuz like you know it's it's you know if they saw the reaper threat more directly. Right. Presumably they would, you know, be like, yeah, okay, you know, what? you know, get get the Krogan, get the get the Rachni, get everybody cuz that's 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 where Shepard is. Yeah. Shepard is like can can you hold a gun? Did I meet you at some point in the last two games? You're on the team. Let's go. The the yeah. reapers haven't hit Circus yet. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. They, they're everybody else who's right now really for it has been hit by the Reapers. Like they're directly fighting. There are things that are going down. Sarkash is still kind of okay. Kind of not on fire yet. Yeah. But it is coming. Like there it is. is a, well, it's more, it's, it's at least a, there's a little brush fire by the time we leave at least. <laughs> Maybe not by the Reapers, but, uh, yeah, we, 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 we don't leave the place in better shape than we left it or when we came there. Let's put it that way. Oh, we, we didn't do anything. I'm not saying we did, but I'm just saying, like, we, well, I mean, we're, it happens while we're there. I mean, we put out some fires. I think we did a pretty good job. No, yeah, that was, yeah. So before we get to the attack, uh, because that's, that, that, I mean, that, that's the bulk of this. That, and I do have to say, like, it is a fun mission. Where you you know starting from down in the in the chamber, uh, where you're meeting with Eve, and then you know they 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 have there's the mechanic of her and Morden being in the elevator as they're going up, and you've got to fight your way through the various you know Cerberus waves. 
I enjoyed that. I was watching my replay earlier today, and I was like, "This, this, you know, the music, mm-hmm. the atmosphere, the, the the dialogue between you know squad mates. I mean, there's a level of there's a level of uh, pressure there because obviously you have to you know worry about the the containment center, but overall, it's a very well done mission, and I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. Right, right, and this like this mission particularly for me, I remember quite well because like out of anything in this this game, I remember this mission the most because it was when I first played when they released the demo for Mass Effect 3 because like the snippet they gave you was this mission trying to save Eve from the forces. Although at that time I'm like, all right, what's going on? Where are we at? Why are things happening right now? Who's this female Krogan? I, yeah, that I don't remember that there was a demo. Like you mentioned yeah, there this, was a demo. A pre-show and I was like, there was a demo. No kidding. Yeah. For the three, most like most most the games for 360 had a demo that you could play. Okay, look at that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting choice for your demo mission because you're right. Like, there's so much context that you need for what's happening here that you're just not gonna have. But it's, I guess maybe that's part of the appeal is you're just like, what is going on? Because you're like, oh hey, Morden, you got Morden radio, you you got Rex radioing you, you got some weird female Krogan you've never before involved. Cerberus is attacking. Okay, that seems par for the course. Um, you know, and then depending on which you know members of the team they put you with in the demo, probably it's just like James and Liara or something. Yeah, like just that. Ba- basic, just the basic units. Yeah. Um, no, that's fascinating. But yeah, that would definitely get if if I was playing that demo, I would be like, oh man, you know. Well, first off, not that I wasn't like I need to play Mass Effect Three as it was, but I'd be like, I really need to play Mass Effect Three because this demo just gives me enough curiosity to be like, I need to know more about that what's is, going on here. That is a killer demo level. I this is still listed on the Xbox Marketplace. I do not know if you can actually download it. <laughs> really? it. I may try. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be really funny if it's still there. Yeah, because they, they did do that. They wanted every, they wanted most games to serve. It was like all arcade games had to have a demo mode. I miss that, honestly. I liked when there were more game demos. Yes. Well, right now we just have Game Pass. Let's just have the full game. So there's your demo. Yeah. Just a very long demo. You're still demo. paying for that. Like, no, I want, I want my free demo that I can download. I mean, there right. are a few games, uh, uh, even on, uh, you know, like every so often, you know, on a, like a Saturday morning, I got nothing else going on. Just go looking through like the PlayStation uh, store, see what demos are available there. Download, download one, check it out. Yeah, I, I, I still remember the demo discs and everything else you used to get from magazines. Yeah, oh, yeah. Try the different games. Yes. Anyways, before we go on some nostalgia for some demos, what y'all think about uh, Rex's little trying to try and get on that, uh, get off the shuttle? <laughs> all, all the snipers like no 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 everybody else coming in cool you you need to stay right there he, well yeah he, he i mean he comes out you know like on a tear i mean he he throws some people his biotics and he's just you know storming mad and yeah you're right the snipers you just see all the red beams focus on him and you're like uh rex you're not armored up they're gonna they're gonna rip you to shreds yeah yeah he does not care yeah I I really enjoy the uh, Rex's Insider Man. It's a really great character. Really fun to talk to. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Never seen him before, though. But yeah, so no, it's it's great to see Morden comes back. Of course, he leads with his, you know, Shepard's like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm helping with the, you know, Malin's research. Had to be me. Didn't trust anyone else. Or who mm-hmm. else could it be? What what's his right?" And you're just like, "Oh, you know, th- th- there's Morden with his, you know, classic Morden." Yeah. Had to be me, somebody else would have gotten it wrong. Thank you. That's yeah. what it is. 
Yeah, that's really not a good way of doing life, by the way. It's really bad management skills to take all the work on yourself and not trust anybody else. Just it's saying. a good way to keep yourself indispensable. Yeah, but it leads to a lot of problems in life. Also, yes. Also, yes. But then again, you're the one taking care of the problems because it has to be you. So, Yeah, that's how you work yourself to death. And sometimes people could get it done if you just give them the opportunity and train them. But besides that, love Morden. Well, it's it's interesting because it seems like to a degree, especially the fact that Morden was sending the information to Rex, mm-hmm. that Morden is clearly on a path to atonement for what he's done. That coming out of Mass Effect 2, like he's had a reckoning about his role and everything, and it seems like he's trying to sort of right this, you know, right the wrongs, to, you know, as best he can. That he's trying to like, okay, you know what? Let's turn around. Let's cure the genophage. Let me get Rex's people involved because, like, you know, this is not safe for any of the females. As, as we, you know, as we see as we go down, you know, there's a you know ton of bodies under sheets that they they rescued all these females from Tuchanka, and then only one of them survived. And, and Rex dubs her Eve, or not Rex, uh, Morden dubs her Eve because she's like the you know this the single female that's going to lead to the salvation of the uh, of the the Krogan, which is sort of a weird use of of human. Uh, religious iconography. Like I don't, I don't know why Morden picks that. Well, to be fair, Morden has a weird fascination with human, just human culture in general. Because he, he, he sings the the Pirates of Penzance song, and even after the mission, when you if, when you're back on the Normandy, he'll sing another verse. <laughs> he does do that. It is great. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Norm. You know, so so Morden. I think Morden's especially unique because he has some sort of understanding of human culture. That I don't think most Solarians do, and it makes, I guess it's more of an insight into him, like, yeah, he, that he would be aware of the Adam and Eve, uh, you know, hey, geography to mm-hmm. insert that into his work. Absolutely. It's just a shame that he's not, it's, you know, again, it's him and Rex. It's like, it's a shame, like, come on, join the crew, be a full-time member. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was like one thing I had problem with, like, Mass Effect 3 is like, all like, besides like. Garrus and Tally, some of my favorite ones don't come back, and it makes me sad. I'm not sure just because I, I always like, I feel like I enjoyed Mass Effect's crew like a lot better than Mass Effect 3's, but well, I I get why they would want to scale the crew down. Like twelve is a bit unwieldy, mm-hmm. um, and I mean if you think about it, it they really kind of scale it back to Mass. I mean it's it's really it's Mass Effect one levels again, except that sort of James fills the spot of the Krogan. And then you have Javik as your your DLC, so he's kind of additional, or maybe Javik's the Krogan. I don't know, but but because you 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 know like you know later later on you can pick up, uh, you can pick up the the, the major the, the Vermeer survivor, um, you know, so they're they're right back. You can yeah. pick up. I don't care you pick about up Tally. You pick up you pick up Garrus. Uh, you have Liara. So right there, that's four out of six. One mm-hmm. of them obviously you can't get because they're the, they're not the Vermeer survivor, right? So they're not coming back. <laughs> well, you can bring them back just in a nerd. <laughs> that should have been DLC. Just Shepard running around with like an urn on his back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just says just says Wonder Caden on it. It's a little. It's just the, yeah. The action's in a Wonder Bread bag. That's all. <laughs> no, but, oh, we're, we're awful. <laughs> that's terrible. That is terrible. But uh, no. But so so yeah. So you figure you have to fill one of the human spots and then Rex's spot, and you got you have Javik and James kind of an Edie, I guess Edie. 
Yeah. So between Edie, Javik, and James, those are your three new crew members to fill two spots. Um, yeah, but we don't have a Krogan, and I'm highly disappointed by that. That's like having a Krogan. Well, one, I think a Prothean is very fascinating in their own right. So I think that might be a fair swap. And two, James, James hits like a Krogan. He does, yeah. That's fair. I guess he's a human Krogan. Just, just like Shepard. It'd be funny yeah. if he had a hump. I mean, he kind of, he kind of does. <laughs> He's got those lats. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it feels yeah, it feels like they wanted to sort of go back a little bit to like a Mass Effect One style crew, and especially too, as far as how they want to, you know. And again, t- to be fair, part of that crew assumes who survived prior games. You could very easily not be able to get Tally or Garrus. Um. Yeah. And so, you know, so you're, you're right there. You're, you're, you know, and if you don't get Javik for whatever reason, um, you know, that right there just leaves you down to four crew members. Um, so, and even then, I, I don't think uh, we'll get to it in the future, but I don't, I don't think you have to let the Vermar survivor join you either. You do I mean, not. So you could really, you can really keep it down, I think, to just like James, Edie, Liara. And that's it. Uh, like yeah, that's your crew. Yeah, and then like periodic optional or like periodic additional people that come with you for certain missions. Yeah, you can absolutely yeah, yeah. do that. Just crew members. Yeah, you, you can have a very very sad crew. Yeah, does not give the greatest ending for that one. I don't think. No. <laughs> but hey, at least you made it out of Mass Effect Two, where apparently you can die in Mass Effect Two and end the game there. There should be a way that you could play Mass Effect 3 without Shepard. I don't know how it would work, <laughs> but just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like Liara and Garrus have to team up and, and t- between the two of them, they can fill the roles and get no, everybody. They, 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 the, the Vermeer survivor becomes a new playable character. <laughs> Oof. Or James. Yikes. James should step up and be the new Shepard. I mean, James would be great, yeah. Give me a good James mini, mini game. Like, let, <laughs> me play as a, let me play as him post- Post Mass Effect Three, assuming he survives, I don't know, but uh, yeah, but uh, so let's get back. So I do like when you first get to Sirkesh before you before everything really blows up, before you get to go down and you know into the base and see, uh, you'll see what's going on. Well, first, so Rex jumps off the Rex jumps off. He gets all the sniper guns pointed at him, and then he's like, "All right, fine, you know, I'll pl- I'll play nice." Because she- even Shepard's like, "We don't want a diplomatic incident." Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then the one the one uh, Solarian runs out is like, hey, we'd like more than like twenty seconds notice that like the Krogan Erdnot is going to show up, or uh, you know. Um, I mean, that's fair. If you get if you don't not give any time, that kind of is. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the downtime, so, just being kind of like lazy on sending the information. Right. So Rex is basically like, okay, you know, I'll sit over here in in confinement. Which they don't even really confine him that much. They just kind of put him up like he's. I guess he's got like two Krogans or uh, two Solarians standing by him, but then. So again, I have Liara with me on this mission. I don't know if I don't know if, I don't I don't know if she's mandatory to come or I don't if think so. you could choose. But uh, so you know, well, one, it's nice on the uh, on the shuttle coming in. Again, we got one of those nice little clips where Rex is talking about what, what the significance of the genophage is and going through everything. And then Liara's there, and he and Liara have a nice little chat. Uh, you know, he's like, "I'm glad you're here." You know, you're. He's like, "You're one of the people I, you know, I trust to come on this mission." And then I brought uh, Liara and Edie. So then Edie says something, and Rex is like, "Who's who's the talking robot?" And you have to explain Edie to him real quickly. Yeah, um, I I had Garrus, and Garrus like, "What about me?" He's like, "It's like, and you too, Garrus." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so at one point, then 
you know, so Rex is kind of standing there. He's under like, you know, guard by the Salarians and Liara's standing there and Rex starts talking about some stuff and he's like, and uh, he makes a comment like, this is something the shadow broker should have told me about. And then he kind of looks at Liara a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. She's a terrible <laughs> shadow broker. Exactly. Once again, like even Rex knows who the shadow broker is. So like Liara, Liara should be like the daylight broker because she's not really keeping it to the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> not so but, subtle broker. No. But then you get to, to go around and talk to the people. Um, and there's a few cro- or a few Solarians spread around that you can chat with. Um, there was one moment, and I don't know if this was intentional or if this was just a well-timed coincidence, uh, but I think it's, was it his name? Pavin Wick, I think is the- Paddock uh, Wicks. Padden, yeah. Padden Wicks. The Morden uh, replacement, the... If, if he's dead. Oh, okay. So he, wait, he comes with you on the Normandy then, and he's mm-hmm. like the- Yeah, okay. if, if Morden isn't here. Okay, cool. So, so there's one part where he, he's like standing there talking to uh, an off, another officer. And Shepard can walk over and hear their discussion. And they're like, hey, we got some weird stuff going on on, the, on, the, on our sensors right now. Like, there seems to be some kind of ships, like, testing our shields. And then right after he says that, over the intercom, you hear the intercom say, you know, remember, we have visitors here. Don't talk about classified information in public because they can be listening. And I don't know if that was just, like, a very well-timed, like, oh, I just have, or, you know, I happen to hear classified information. And then, you know, like, that, that played, or if that was an intentional joke. But it was a fun moment that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, did any of you guys go up on the, uh, the little ramp and press that guy's button? I thought he told you not to. He does tell he you not to press that button. But you can't press <laughs> oh oh you missed it he's a I warcraft so three guard you can just kind of keep clicking and i think he has like eight or nine lines of dialogue oh that's nice it's very funny i assumed i assumed that was like oh this must be for later <laughs> no no you keep pressing it you're like he's like no seriously stop pre- no really uh do you have a mental deficiency gosh yes yes you pressed it Good. That just that just dropped the feces. Are you happy now? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. But um, well, do we have anything else to say about Padden Wick? Um, I mean, he's a bad, you know, he's a poor man's warden. Um Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, he's just he's just dollar bed warden. Dollar store warden. Um <laughs> uh, yes. So he, yeah, so he's kind of the uh, beleaguered administrator, officer in charge kind of situation. Um, And then, yeah, but then the other person that you run into is Mr. Hold the Line himself. You know, Captain Kirahe, now he's, uh, what was his rank? Major. Major? Is he Major Kirahe? Whatever. Because I know he's he's gotten a promotion. A lot of promotions in this game, which I guess makes sense. He is Major Kirahe. Well, yeah, people are probably dead and they need to fill some spots, so. Well, not, not only that, but like, it's, you know, I mean, it, I mean, not Shepard, Shepard doesn't get promoted. Shepard's commander the whole time. Like Shepard is just stuck at that rank. I yeah, guess I Shepard's very like, odd, actually. I guess he but, was in Cerberus for a while. Yeah, that's true. He was dead for two years. That'll kind of hold back your promotional well, also, ability. Yeah, but also I think he's got the Spectre rank, so no, he doesn't give a shit about his Alliance rank as much. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like you've, you've, you've kind of ascended, yeah, as a specter, like, yeah, you, yeah, you can do whatever you want now. But, so you, but I guess it's just interesting, like, to watch, like, all these people, because you would think over the course of, like, five years or so, like, all these people, like, nobody's going to stay in the same position for too long. Like, every, like, everybody should be moving. Like, 
you know, it, it'd be like a bit concerning if somebody kind of stayed in the same position, like, oh, hey, like, you know, and then you're like, well, what's wrong? Why did your career stagnate? Like, what's wrong with that? Um, so it makes sense to see everybody kind of continually moving up. Mm-hmm. Time progresses. Things get different. Change. Right. But no, but also, too, like, it's, it's in you know, phenomenally helpful that, like, yeah, like, okay, like, Shepard can, you know, Shepard has this group of, of, you know, this ragtag, you know, group of not even mercenaries, but just, like, you know, soldiers, people he kind of collects in yeah. the first game. He has connections. And out of them. Right, you know, he gets a he gets a major who becomes another specter. He gets uh, the shadow broker. He gets the leader of the uh, the the Krogan. Um, but but that's only if he does things does things correctly. Otherwise, you have to replace the characters who don't freaking know who you are. They just know that their last guy there died while working with you, so they're less trusting of you. That's true. Yeah, that's true. This is the good commander Shepard. Now we had the shitty ineffective Shepard. You know, maybe not so much. Yeah, you yeah, that's, you, that's a- you really pay the price. Like if you have made certain decisions a certain way, like you're gonna pay a price in this game. Yeah, because like Rex right now, yeah, he's cool. Right, work works with you, likes work with Shepard. The other knots like, no, I'll work with you just to get things. But when we're done, we are doing things my way. No, but I'm I'm just thinking like you see people in real life and you're like, Oh, Hey, like this person in like, you know, this industry knows this person in this industry. And it's like, there's some kind of like nepotism or some buddy, buddy stuff going on. And to a degree it's like that, but it's like, no, like people like rise up through the ranks together. Like Mm -hmm. everybody kind of like meets and goes along. And so it can look like there's some kind of camaraderie there that maybe, you know, shouldn't be going on. But like, you know, it's just like, they're just friends because they, they came up together. And that's kind of what happened here is like Shepard and these people all came up together to the point where now they're, kind of running the galaxy you know or at least running the you know running the resistance to the reapers um mm-hmm. kind of how real yes. life goes and yeah. i know like most of me and people i've worked with in certain industries we started in baseline workers and now we're in charge right mm-hmm. right i started as a mere you know like you know mere podcast you know team member and now i host the podcast mm-hmm. so it's, you know, there it's, you go <laughs> Living the dream. But. The circle of life. <laughs> Think of those podcast bucks. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. So, so Kira, he's there. Um, and I think it's Kira, he actually, where you have a, a discussion with him um, where he starts asking a little bit like about rumors about the crucible and Shepard's mm-hmm. like, Hey, like, you know, they're just rumors. He's like, you know, there were rumors that I was dead for two years. And then Kira, he's like, but you were and Shepard's like, was I? <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Like, you know, for, for somebody who's, you know, so charismatic and, and such a leader of, of men and aliens that, yeah, like he completely botched that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there's no viable proof that he's dead. He, he likes considering that Shepard's walking now, you know, he's pretty alive. No, but. Here he's right. And that's the problem too. Is like Shepard's like, yeah, there were rumors that this thing happened that also actually was true. So yeah, maybe yeah. the and unless he was trying to like hint like, oh, actually the rumors are true, and I'm going to be really obtuse about telling you and make you know. Make I mean, that's look like very likely. Could also be very likely just trying to like hint hint that was also slightly true, but not or slightly not true. But you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Good because I don't. <laughs> uh. So yeah, so you check out the intro area, and then finally you get your clearance from uh, Wick to go down in in the you know underneath. That's where you meet Morden. You find Eve. Well, I guess let's talk about Eve because I, I don't um you know I mean she's the one remaining, uh the one remaining Krogan female that is I guess 
sort of resistant to the genophage. Well, and that, she has a f- few cool moments here. Like they establish her as a badass in her own right. Well, no, no, it's not even, not even that. It's like because originally, like, uh, she was now immune to the genophage, but originally she was sterile. She was unable. That's right, and that's why, like, the reason she was captured was everything like that is because they, the female, suggested to Rex, like, "Hey, we can't produce children. Why don't we be the distraction? Why don't we be the scouts? You know, if they get us, what happens? Well, no big loss. We can't make children." And then now she can, and yes. Jesus, can she take care of action and not mm. someone who really it's like like no no damsel distress or anything like that. Literally, could take the fight when she's given a weapon. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's the one part at the end where she's getting out of the containment center, and you know she and Rex are under fire from Cerberus, and she you know she gets Rex's shotgun and she takes out the Cerberus troops. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she she's definitely capable in uh, in a combat situation. Again, would have been a great. Well, actually, you know, I can see why you wouldn't want her in the line of fire, like as a squad member. But I know I think Rex really enjoyed the her, her taking out that that Cerberus. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of, I guess I don't know. Is is, 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 is there Krogan flirtation between the two of them? Like it seems like maybe they're maybe a little, it kind of seems like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the genophage or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that affects like how you. You know, I guess if your whole species was impacted by something like the genophage, that probably affects how you view attraction to the opposite gender. Because mm-hmm. you know, it's not you know, it's, it's, it's I guess it's not as high priority as it might be in certain situations. But uh, it does seem you know, and then I guess if you do meet somebody who's actually childbearing, then you know that might affect you in that regard. But uh, yeah, it does seem like like Rex is at least very very friendly towards her. Yeah. Well, especially when one has no genophage, is basically you want to be very respectful. Like this person might be able to to determine the future of my race. Yeah, hmm, maybe you want to be nice to this one. It's got to be a genetic problem, though, right? Like you're going to need more females not descended from her line. Ideally, I mean, maybe not need, but maybe you would like more females not descended from her line. You know, to kind of keep the genetic, like right. keep the gene pool mixed. That seems important. Well, I don't know. Right. Well, that's why, it's, I mean, well, that's the thing is, I mean, it's not like she's the only, she's like the last sterile female or, or, or not, because her thing is that she was that's sterile true. and then she became unsterile. Like yeah. we know that like there is still like one in a thousand Krogan births that do survive. Yeah. yeah. Um, her her, her so thing is mostly like she's actually fully cured and that's important. Right. That's like, okay, yes. now we can use your, your biology to actually. Maybe make everybody else not be sterile. And that's right. right that's the yeah. Then, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Which again, it doesn't really fit the Eve metaphor because like, yeah, like then the Krogans once again, like will be, you know, spawned from multiple members of their race. It's not like yeah. it's, they're all going to descend from her. So yeah. Maybe, may, maybe Morton isn't as up on his, his, Bible lore as he should be. <laughs> I, the Bible is frustratingly vague about this because it definitely jumps from like it's Adam and Eve to oh there were like totally other people around. It's not all one family tree, and it is odd, um, but kind of makes sense, right? Like not everybody's from like two people that wouldn't work. So what you're saying is that maybe Borden is actually more of a Bible scholar than even we are. That Perhaps, he really understood yeah. it on a better. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be peak Morton, right? Yeah. 
Although I would think if you're an alien race that only lives, what, about 30 years, you said? 40, something like that, yeah. 30, 40 years. Like, the Bible's not a short book. So, you know, like, you know, I mean, you're not going to, it seems like at that point, like, under such, you know, such compressed time frame to spend that much time, say, reading the Bible uh, of another alien race. Like, it's not like it's your own, you know, your own racial Bible. It's some other alien race's mm-hmm. Bible. I mean, I guess that's cultural studies. I don't know. I, I assume Solarians are speed readers, too. That makes sense. And they have um, mm-hmm. basically like photographic recall or like perfect recall yeah. or some simulacra of it. At least, at least Morden does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine that, you know, it was a think, speed read through once and, you know, you don't have to study it in the, the same. The fact that it's also probably because he's Solarian, so he, they, they live very short and do everything very quickly. So they need that kind of recall. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have like a, a lifespan of like 20 to 30 years. Maybe. Not very long. Mm-hmm. But uh, interesting thing I was reading over, I was double checking some some information on on Eve, and apparently, uh, if you have if you have a the other not Morden on the team, they have a discussion about her name and how they got how Krogans get their names. Apparently, males get their names by having belching contests, and whatever sounds vaguely like a name becomes their name. Something you only find out if you don't have Morden. Huh, huh. That's fascinating. Okay. Because yeah, well, the one thing that I like is that if you do have Morden, uh, that when you, well, I guess it happens probably with uh, uh, Pat and Wick as well. But when you go back to the Normandy, uh, Morden is in the med bay. Mm-hmm. And now I know we had talked about this a little bit last time uh, about whether you already get Dr. Chakwas or Dr. Michelle or not. Um, but he'll displace, if you do have the doctor, he'll displace the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, cause, uh, there was one time that I had, I had Chakwas when I did this and then she wasn't in her office. She was over in the, uh, the crew, the little crew quarters, like just sitting there like, Oh, I got, I got kicked over here because Morton's in my office. <laughs> but yeah, he's hanging out in there with Eve and, uh, you know, he's doing research and singing and, and even him develop a little, like a good little rapport. Where you know it's like she she's like he's a little bit weird, but you know it's like he you know he's kind of he's kind of nice once you get to know him. Yeah, yeah. She she likes his singing more than the silence. She apparently told him not to sing once, and it's like got weird, so told him to do it again. Things got weird with Morden. What? Yeah, you know that Salarian uh, Krogan relationships. You know, it's kind of weird. Well, it is it is funny if you talk to Garrus after everybody's on board. Uh, Garrus makes a comment about how Krogan likes scars. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, j- joking that, you know, Eve would be attracted to him because of his face. But then I'm thinking like, you know, Morton has some scars on his face too. He's not exactly a pristine. He is busted uh, you know, up. Yeah. The Solarian. So like, you know, may- maybe there is something there. Maybe, you know, you know may- may- maybe if, if given time, uh, there could be a nice little Morton Rex Eve love triangle or something. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right i think we're done here but, but for some reason i think that that's one of those steamy hot romance novels now in the massific universe right no that's what we need yeah but so one thing that i do find interesting coming out of the mission is that you know now you've got you know morden needs some time to work with eve to cure the genophage but like that becomes a priority here because again like you have to get the genophage cured to get the krogan on board um but both both Rex 
and Victus approach you, even though they're both in the same war room. So I assume like it must be, you know, they must be pretty good, at least, you know, not talking too loudly. Um, but they each have their own problems, like where Rex is like, hey, we lost some Krogan. We lost like a Krogan squad or is it a Krogan platoon uh, in the Rachni sector. Go check that out. And then Victus is like, oh, yeah, we lost a uh, we lost a was it like a, a, a Turian platoon or a Turian squad, whatever, you know. Uh, tr- you know whatever troop number and he's like but yeah he's like we lost it on Tuchanka so mm-hmm. go check that and I think isn't that the one with his son in it that's far yes off? yes it is yeah because that's the other thing he's like oh and by the way my son's the leader of the group so you know like really like this is personal and keep this hush hush and you there's a moment then when you can go talk to Rex and Rex is like hey what were you guys talking about and you're Nothing. like uh, yeah exactly like you, like you can tell him or you can be like uh nothing <laughs> Nothing's going on. Don't nope. worry about it. Yeah, just stay, stay at your little you know, station. Play, play your Galia. I mean, I told him. And what did he say? He was not pleased. I would imagine so. Uh, he was like, well, uh, you better go fix this, Shepard, because uh, I can't be responsible for how my people respond if this goes sideways. Well, yeah, I, that's fair. You can't blame when an alien race is now on your planet without permission doing some covert yeah. ops. That's kind of kind of shady. Yeah. yeah. He was forceful, but reasonable. Like he was as reasonable as he, you know, should have been. I felt like about it. Yeah, that's actually also another thing that um, you can hear from Eve talking to it. Is uh, Rex is a very calm and kind of thoughtful Krogan, which she considers that a mutation, because most of Krogan are all just about all war and conflict. He's actually trying to fix shit, and she's like, "He's the best thing that happens." Don't tell him that part, but tell him he's immune. It's like, okay, Eve, will do. Now, Eve, Eve is fascinating, and mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see how everything plays out fully with her. Um, right. I'm also like, I mean, I've gotten to a certain. Hmm? I say like it's I, she's fascinating. Also, the outfit they have for the female Krogan is very fascinating. Yeah, because like you can only see her eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's it's like she's wearing like a a baby carriage on her head. Yeah, I was really wondering why like they 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 hide the face of the female Krogan. Like, what is? What? I mean, I assume she looks mostly like a male Krogan. Like, I don't think there'd be too many different facial features to. I guess uh, what's what's the term for like gender differentiation? But yeah, well, I think we get a female Krogan in, in Andromeda. They don't wear this, and they don't wear this in Andromeda. So, I'm just curious. Well, I think part of it too is she's a shaman. Yeah, uh, so I wonder if, if part yeah. of that is like that's her that her, might, sort of her shaman regalia. That'd make more sense. Okay. Yeah, because she's not just like she's not just a Krogan female. Like she's actually like a an important Krogan female. Like you know, because we met. I mean, you know, in Mass Effect Two, you meet Shaman, which you know, I guess it's, you know, strong name there. <laughs> but um, you know, and it's the same kind of thing. She t- and in particular, she tells a story about how uh, as part of her like shaman rituals, she was buried in a cave. And she's supposed to dig her way out, and she dug the wrong way, but then she found a crystal, and she was able to use this crystal as a chisel and get out, and then she gives that to Shepard. So, yeah, she's she's definitely, you know, sort of strong in her own right. She's gone through her own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think it makes sense, you know, especially, you know, knowing what's to come a little bit, um, but it makes sense, like, like, it, it, like she's the right Krogan for the position she's in that it's not like she was like oh yeah it was just some you know 
I don't even know like what a like an average Krogan female would be, but it's not like she was like, oh yeah, I just you know hung out at the bars and drank all day and like didn't really do much with my life. But hey, now <laughs> I can get pregnant, so let's do it. Like, no, she actually had like a role in society that she actually, yeah, um, she has the upbringing to you know sort of step into a leadership role, you know, when the time comes. Yeah, it's probably why she actually probably survived through this. She's a very strong character, so had a little had a bit more willpower maybe to survive through it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. I really don't know. But it's a good theory. One thing I had a question on. This is separate from yes. Eve, but it relates to her in the same way. Is this mission? She's in that little cage, that little carrier. Why is it designed like that, where you like literally have to transport outside the base and go through different quarantines or release it? You just can't just open the door. No, it's got to go outside where it's easily can get hit by Cerberus troops and whatnot. Like, well, I don't think. It was designed with the, uh, I don't think it was designed primarily to survive in a, a direct assault on the base. Well, yeah, even not designed before I get that, but like, why does it have to go outside? Like, why can't it just, I don't know. Well, just- this is sort of a top, like top research facility. And we see them doing the same thing with the YOG as far yeah. as keeping that secure. And so I think they're bringing all kinds of dangerous material in here. And this is right. just there. Get the dangerous cargo into the little pod. And then just move the pod, you know, down the elevator or whatever and get to, you know, then, then we can get it into containment where we're going to study it. It just seems overly so complicated and, and uh, annoying. It's, it's there for game mechanics. I know it's game <laughs> mechanics. It's just, it still bugs me. I'm like, uh, just open the door, break the window, you know, why are we going sure. through this? We have weapons. Just, hey, Eve, go to the right. We'll shoot it. We'll shoot the glass out. Well, she can't move. She's like. In the like, I think right, like, right. She, 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 I, for, oh. I forgot about that part, but even then, I still feel like you could probably just somehow cut the glass open or something. Going through yeah, all it's, these it's, long procedures, just it, it does, yeah. Because I mean, especially seeing how she handled herself in that brief moment with Rex, I mean, yeah. Could you imagine then? Okay, like you know, you bust her out right down in the in the containment area there. Now you got guns. You give you know you give Morton a gun. You give her a gun. Uh, you know, Rex isn't quite joined up with everybody yet, but you know, you know, he'll, he'll meet you wherever you go. You've got your two squad mates plus Shepard, uh, you know, Kirihi, that's the other nice thing about Kirihi too, is that, uh, you know, if he, you know, if he's still around, uh, he actually helps you. There, there's one point where he takes out some Cerberus troops and then he's like, don't worry, I'll cover this area. You guys keep going. Um, so you've got, I mean, you've got a solid force there, but you know, with like eight, eight allies basically like spread mm-hmm. throughout the base that, yeah, you could, you could have been running, you know basically five wide with Morden and, uh, and Eve. And, mm. and I think you would have been fine. That's very fair. But, oh, there was a, a funny thing in this mission. I forget how I did it, but I somehow got lost. on one of the Rams. I couldn't find the door out. Kept trying to get door. Kept trying to go through. I'm like, all right. Like the marker was pointing me up this ramp, these ladders. I couldn't figure out where I was going. Found the marker was just on the other side of the wall. It looks like I was just, I was going to go through the door. I was supposed to go, far to the right and around then i get to the marker but i just get this marker i'm like how do i get over here what am i doing wrong here i don't yeah, know there are a few there are a few times that the markers can trip you up mm-hmm. i don't i don't think it happened to me on this mission but it happened in a few other places where it's like oh, wait, I, I gotta go around this and then eventually you figure it out but yeah i think i got lost one of the times i did this mission and it was probably something similar but but yeah bugs aside this is a great mission that's oh, a lot of fun oh yeah yeah, it is. It's uh, definitely a good showcase for the game. 
Yes. I think that's why they chose it for demos because there's a lot of mm-hmm. fighting, a lot of times to, to use the abilities, practice using the squad mates. Yeah. And and there's a lot of dialogue between everybody because mm-hmm. you're you're radioing Morden, you're radioing Rex, you're you're talking around. So it's you know, it, it doesn't there's not like a um just fighting like Cerberus like and Cerberus keeps coming. I mean you fight a mech at the end because of right. course you have to fight a mech. Um it's a good no, like you, escalation though, because you 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 know you start out with the ground troops and then they I think throw some stealth dudes in about midway through and then by the end yeah you're like fighting a mech with also some ground troops and like a big arena so you get kind of a whole uh, sampling of of the different combat in the game I guess yeah I always wonder where does Cerberus get all these troops because man they didn't let me use these troops in in Mass Effect two <laughs> well right. Yeah, I mean, look at what they've done to the troops. There's, I probably didn't want to show that to Shepard. That's fair. Just told them they're an alien race. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I. Anything else on this, or I think we're, I think we're good on this. So the the last thing I'll say is that if you talk to James after the mission, James pretty much says like, "I can't wait to go to Tuchanka. and like James, as we said, he kind of yeah. fits that human Krogan mode, like Shepard does, where like he he's gonna fit in. He's going to fit in beautifully there. He's fun so, to bring. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he, he you can see him headbutting a Krogan. Mhm. He's kind of like Shepard Jr in a few ways. <laughs> like you know, Shepard the next generation. Less diplomatic probably. He's got to work on that. That's absolutely true. A little a little more punchy actually, but yeah, he's 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 he's, he's got the he's got the arms for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do uh, like this note you have down here, or if you talk to Javik. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's like, he's all the cause of the Liara, learning about collectors and being Prothean. Morden asks Javik if he can dissect, dissect him. Javik's like, only if you can beat me in combat. Morden's like, problematic. Leaves. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait, Javik. Javik is fun. Javik's always fun. Yeah, so... I would say that if not next time, definitely in the very near future, we will be heading to Tuchanka then. Because not yet, I mean, though. James is J- James is right. We need to go there. Mm-hmm. There's a few things to do. There's quite a few things to do. So, like see all the sights uh, and sounds and hit all those tourist destinations. Oh yes, <laughs> tourist destinations. Well, there there are a few. <laughs> there are a few to check out. There's you can Baron see the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this nuclear crater over here. Look at this nuclear crater. Hey, there is a difference. You can when when you get when you, when you learn your nuclear craters, you can tell the difference <laughs> between like the impact angle and <laughs> the intensity of this. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. this one detonated a little too early, and the, the crater is different. But anyway, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at WD, that's double Y-E-W-D-E-E, and here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, uh, where every couple weeks we talk about Final Fantasy XIV and all the stuff going on there. Kuro, where can folks find you? They can follow me on Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara, one day at least when I'm not dying at work. And also you can find me occasionally talking about Apex Legends over at our show Dropping Spicy. You can follow us on Twitter at Dropping Spicy. 
And uh, I think that's all I got right now. What about you, Nick? You got anything cool you do? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management and the new expansion announced, Dragonflight. So check that out. And also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft lore and story and the new expansion just announced, Dragonflight. So check that out. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you think about Morden and Rex and Eve and Sir Kesh and all the awesomeness in this mission. Email us those thoughts at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including our Patreon, where you can support this show by joining Squad Goals membership for $1.25 per episode or $5 per month. Or you can provide general support for $2 per month. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link where you can get codes for Steam, Epic Game Store, you play and more. Or check out our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mesh Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. I need a shotgun. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 